On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler, and joining me today is attorney Steve Oceans to talk about private decanting. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Bob. It's great to be here today. Steve, decanting has really become a rage lately, and there are now 25 decanting jurisdictions as of August 10th. I'm hearing it discussed so much more than in the past. Before we get into the private decanting topic, could you start out with two real quick things, explaining the concept of decanting so the listeners have a good background, and also uh, fill us in on what happens August 10th. Okay, sure. Thank you, Bob. So for many years, clients and prospective clients have come to the advisors and uh, said, I want to make a change in my irrevocable trust, and the advisors have generally had to say, sorry, it's an irrevocable trust, there's nothing you can do, and then the advisor sends the client or prospective client away, and they do nothing. So what came about was states started to enact decanting statutes, which will allow you to do what I call a do-over trust, which lets you make adjustments to an irrevocable trust, which years ago was impossible. So as of August 10th, there will now be 25 states that have enacted decanting legislation that have turned into statutes. So therefore, half of the states will allow you to decant a trust. Uh, Just so everyone has a good understanding of decanting, uh, it's just like decanting a bottle of wine. You pour the liquid from the original bottle into the decanter and you leave all of the bad residue at the bottom of the original bottle and you put all the good stuff into the decanter. We do the same thing with a trust. We have an irrevocable trust and we set up a new irrevocable trust for the benefit of one or more of the same beneficiaries of the original trust and then we have the trustee of the original trust or the current trust pour the assets or transfer the assets from the current trust into the new decanted trust for the benefit of one or more of the same beneficiaries of the original trust. And we leave all of the bad terms at the bottom of the original trust and we put new terms into the new irrevocable trust. So essentially we have, again, what I call a do-over trust. I think that's a very snazzy name for it because it gives our clients and our prospective clients the idea that the concept is you can do over something that you already irrevocably did in the past. So this has become a really hot topic and more and more people are starting to take advantage of this. Steve, can you give us a few examples of decanting? Why might someone want to decant a trust? Sure. The obvious example is if there are errors in the trust or the client or prospective client comes in and says, I want to change something in my trust. So you can decant to fix errors or to make adjustments to provisions and do over those provisions. That one is obvious. Where we are going to do most of our decanting is where the advisor takes a look at the current irrevocable trust and sees that it can be improved, and then they come up with how they're going to improve it. Almost all of the time, maybe it's three-quarters of the decantings that we do, start with a staggered distribution irrevocable trust, one which says upon reaching age 25, for example, the beneficiary receives one-third of the assets, 
they receive half of the assets upon reaching 30, and then the balance at 35. Almost every decanting is going to come out of that original trust because generally that's not the best way to draft a trust. We're going to decant that staggered distribution trust for multiple reasons. Sometimes we're going to decant it primarily because of estate tax savings reasons, because we don't want to force the assets out of the trust, and we want to instead distribute those assets into a decanted trust that goes on for multiple generations so that we avoid estate taxes at every generational level. Other times, we're going to decant that same type of a trust for creditor and divorce protection reasons, because if you had forced the assets out of the trust and put them in the hands of the beneficiaries upon reaching those staggered ages, their creditors and divorcing spouses can reach those assets. If we make the mandatory distributions, it also increases the beneficiary's estate, which increases the potential danger of a widow's election in the common law states, the states that don't have the community property laws, which will allow a spouse to take a certain percentage of those assets when the person dies. So we don't want to increase that problem with a lot of the beneficiaries. And other times we're going to decant it because we want to be able to sprinkle income to lower bracket beneficiaries rather than forcing the corpus into the hands of a high income tax paying beneficiary, both from a federal standpoint and a state income tax standpoint. So for any one or more of those reasons, and I know I probably gave you way more examples than you were looking for, that is the number one opportunity to decant a trust. Steve, what prompted today's podcast was a conversation with you about a concept called private decanting. First of all, the name is very intriguing. Can you go through this concept and run us through the thought process behind it? Sure, and thank you. I I like the name. I came up with that name. I was looking for something that's very short and quick and got right to the point. And where this originated was from a lot of conversations I've been having with advisors around the country. Uh, As you know, I do a lot of lecturing and writing on decanting. And from talking to a lot of advisors, first of all, approximately half of the states do not have decanting statutes. So the advisors in those states tend to not be familiar with decanting anyway. And even in the states that do have decanting, so many of the statutes are so new that a lot of the advisors still haven't used them. So they're reasonably unfamiliar with decanting. And the ones that are decanting the trusts in those jurisdictions, because all but seven of the jurisdictions that have decanting statutes require notice, which generally requires sending a full copy of the trust to certain beneficiaries of the trust, their perception of decanting is that it's a technique where you have to send a copy of the trust to a lot of the beneficiaries depending on that state's uh, requirements, and therefore it's not a private change. And as you know, almost all of our clients put a lot of value on privacy, and the client will say no if you say, by the way, you have to send a copy of the trust to each of these beneficiaries. That's the end of the conversation. So a lot of the advisors are under the assumption that the only way to decant is where you have to give out information. It's not that we're trying to decant behind the backs of the beneficiaries. 
Certainly, we hope that we're not doing any evil acts when we're decanting that we are ashamed of, but our clients want privacy. So there are seven states, as you know, that do not require notice to the beneficiaries. So what people should be gathering from this is they have an opportunity that they might not have been aware of. If they were believing that they had to send a copy to all of the beneficiaries, but there are seven states where they can move the trust situs to and then privately decant, then it opens the door to some planning that many people might not have been aware of. And why don't I give you the list of states I have it in front of me. It's South Dakota, Nevada, Tennessee, New Hampshire, which does not require notice except for charitable trusts, Delaware, Wyoming, and Arizona. Now, of those seven states, Arizona has the shortest decanting statute, so it's a little bit iffy as to what you should and should not and can and cannot do. So I generally don't think that that statute is as good as the others. Wyoming is missing a few things as well. It's pretty short. Interestingly, on my third annual state decanting rankings chart, South Dakota, Nevada, Tennessee, New Hampshire, and Delaware, five of those seven states are the top five decanting states. That's not just a coincidence. So one of those five states, South Dakota, Nevada, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Delaware, if you're going to privately decant a trust. Steve, how do you actually move the trust from its current situs to a new location where you can decant? What we need to do is first take a look at the trust agreement and see what state it is situst in, and also take a look at the provisions to see if a trustee or a trust protector has the power to change the situs. Roughly half of the trusts that I review have a change of situs provision. The other trusts do not have that. If you can just simply change the situs by having the trustee or a trust protector or someone else sign a piece of paper appointing a co-trustee in the other state and electing to change the situs to that state, then that makes it really easy. If that opportunity is not there, maybe there is decanting language in the trust that will allow you to do it. That is very rare. And alternatively, if the trust is currently situst in one of the decanting jurisdictions, even if it's one that does not allow a private decanting, but you have to send a copy of the trust to beneficiaries, maybe it's okay to send a copy of this trust to the beneficiaries and only send them what shows that you are merely changing the situs and you decant to change the situs using the decanting statutes in the first state, then you stop, take a deep breath, and do your second decanting in the better decanting jurisdiction. And then in that state, you do what you wanted to do and where you wanted the privacy. So that's another way to do it. Another option is a non-judicial settlement agreement, which is going to require uh, every interested party to sign. So you need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that that means that the trustees and the beneficiaries are all going to get a copy of the trust and see that you are doing a non-judicial settlement agreement to change the situs. If that's okay, great. And then after you do that, deep breath, do the decanting where you don't have to send a copy of what you're doing to the beneficiaries. And then the last draw is to petition the court to change the current trust to allow a change of situs.
So obviously some of these options require having involvement of the parties to the trust and beneficiaries. Therefore, some of these are not going to be on the table for our clients that want privacy, but I'm just giving you the laundry list of how I think through each decanting opportunity. Steve, this has been incredibly insightful. On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler with attorney Steve Oceans discussing private decanting.